The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. It is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, November 28th. The long holiday weekend. Hope you had a great one. It continues that way. A very quick 30-minute show. On the way, hear the difference, a client story. When I sat down with these folks, there was something that comes up toward the end of it that just hit me. I had no idea it was coming. And it's really when Annex is there for the good times, but also the bad. Also coming up, common planning mistakes that can trip you up. Got a couple that you want to avoid. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. Morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Dave Spano, president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning to you and good morning, Southwest Florida, beautiful Florida area. There's a lot of snowbirds uh, that have now come back down to the area. And if you're listening to this show for the first time, there is an opportunity for us to get together. We are a fee-only fiduciary, and that is a difference than a lot of other advisors you may be using uh, in the other parts of the country. So if you have an opportunity, we give a lot of great content, and that's really where I want to start. You know, we had good news, good economic news. The uh, You know, it's slow on Wednesday and Friday of this week of the market, but there is a lot of good economic news that we're laying our hat on, Derek. Right. Uh, we saw that real GDP in Q3 was upgraded slightly to, from 2.0 to 2.1 uh, annual rate. Uh, we saw weekly jobless claims go to the lowest level since the pandemic at 199,000. We saw durable goods orders better than expected. We saw consumer spending was up significantly. And we saw that real GDP is now tracking at an 8% annualized rate for the fourth quarter. So the U.S. economy is doing very well despite increased concerns about COVID, not just here, but around the world. Yeah, so that is good news, and there's so many good things that you talked about. And we're talking about consumer spending. We all know that 70% of the GDP in this country comes from consumer spending. Shocking that uh, Atlanta Fed had an 8% number in there, and so we'll have to see if that actually comes to fruition or they start to chop that number down, which we've seen before, obviously. But the other good news, of course, is as you talked about, the jobless claims number in down to 199,000. That is a really good number. And the fact that we're headed in the right direction, why I bring that up is because the Federal Reserve has a dual mandate, two jobs, keeping people employed is one and keeping inflation under check is the other. Employment is really in a good spot. In a recent survey, Americans were asked, what do they care more about the job market or inflation? Most people said inflation, and that's where I want to go. This week, Derek, the Federal Reserve may keep their current chairman. No, that was that was one of the good news that came out as well. Jerome Powell was reappointed or re-chosen re by Biden to, to serve as the Fed chair. Uh, the other key point, though, is that there are three other vacancies that the Biden administration will have the opportunity to appoint, and they're all likely to be more dovish. And by that, I mean more willing to allow interest rates to remain low for longer, because the objective of the Biden administration throughout has been to get wage inflation up and unemployment down and help Main Street to the 
perhaps to the detriment of Wall Street. Yep, and so we're watching that. And we talk about inflation, and obviously it's an easy story to tell because everyone gets bit by that. But, you know, we watch the, how the market reacts to things, and there's a possibility that when we get to peak supply chain that we're probably going to get to peak inflation. I want you to explain that. Well, I mean, in a sense, many of these inflationary increases have been due to bottlenecks that have developed in labor shortages. So whether it was used car prices, housing prices, Prices, uh, the price of copper, the price of coal, all of these commodities have really soared in, soared in price. And, and as a result, high prices often leads to lower prices because it invites competition and increased supply. So once those bottlenecks are relieved, that takes a lot of inflationary pressure off. So, But with, with a lagged effect, right? It takes time to get the ships across the ocean from China and into, into Long Beach and into you know Milwaukee or wherever. Uh, so you just have to think of it like that. And the other thing is, you know, interest rates are crucial, right? Interest rates are how we value assets, and higher inflation often leads to higher interest rates. Right, and interest rates, of course, are core to valuating any type of asset here in Southwest Florida. Obviously, a real estate is a big part of that. So is equities, stocks, and bonds as well. And the reason why I bring that up, Danny, is because if you're listening to this as I started the show, there's a way to get a second look, and there's something we put together that I really like. It's called Wealth Metric. It's a process that uh, takes your stuff takes a look at it. it's more than a portfolio review we'll tell you that it's kind of inspect everything investment retirement tax planning we want to help you answer some questions like how am i doing and what am i missing now you can look at your investment statements and you kind of know how you're doing you know how much you've got when it comes to planning you might have been doing it yourself and you've been doing pretty well but how about getting across the finish line when it comes to tax planning that's where it can get really complex and you need some help on that and then estate planning holy cow that can be really really complex you can start at annexwealth.com you can click that get started button begin the process for the wealth metric review nothing wrong with getting a second set of eyes on what you've got and how they're doing for you we were a fee-only fiduciary know the difference it's one team one plan one fee you can start today on a sunday morning AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We're going to be back. 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the Difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We'll just get right to it. Hey, Randy Winkler, Manager of Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Danny. Been pretty busy? Very busy. The good kind of busy. Hey, we're going to run through a list of common mistakes in retirement. As manager of financial planning, I'm curious to see what you think about these. We did this same segment a couple of years ago, and you and I reviewed it, and you said, wow, has things changed. Lots changed. I was actually questioning how long ago we did it because some of the numbers were so different. Yeah. That's why a plan should be a living, breathing thing. Yeah. I like to say your financial plan is like a GPS. Your destination may change. The road that you get there changes. It's going to have to be able to modify your route so you can still get where you want to go. Yep. 
the first of the common mistakes in retirement is assuming that Social Security will be enough. Right. That one is very common. A lot of people think that Social Security is going to cover all of their expenses, you know, replace their income. In reality, it replaces about 40% of your income. Unless you're planning on spending a lot less in retirement, you're going to need something in addition to Social Security to be able to make it through. Do you think that's an issue of just a lack of financial literacy? A lot of it, and I think some of it is just kind of a legacy of the past when people had pensions. So when people had pensions and Social Security, you could get pretty close to where you were before. A lot of times pensions have gone away and they haven't replaced it with personal savings and investments. Here's another one. A mistake in retirement is not signing up for Medicare on time, and it's just not being late. It's a penalty. Yeah, Medicare gets very complicated, and if you're if you've recently turned 64, you're probably having your mailbox just barraged with all the materials about Medicare. You need to get some guidance here, but if you're late with signing up, there's different penalties depending on if it's Part A or Part B or Part D. Some of them can be pretty significant depending on how long you wait to sign up. That would be an incentive. Definitely. It's something yeah. to, it's very overwhelming, but with a little bit of guidance, you can get help to know exactly what's the right path to take. Here's another mistake in retirement. That would be failing to take RMDs on time. So explain an RMD. Yeah. So RMD is required minimum distribution. It's the amount that the government says you have to take out. It's a percentage of your qualified accounts, your IRA, your 401k, your 403b. They say, we're going to let you defer paying any taxes on this until the age, which is now 72. But at that point, you're going to have to take it out. And if you don't, oh, wow, the penalty's big. And it's now 72 because was it the Secure Act or CARES Act? It was the Secures that? Act. So okay. this, was, this was very confusing in the last, just a little bit over a year. The Secure Act came out in December of 2019, and that moved the RMD age from the year you turned 70 and a half to the year you turned 72. And the CARES Act came out in March of 2020, and they waived RMDs for 2020. And nobody had to have an RMD in 2020, but some people had theirs delayed anyways because of the change to the age from 70 and a half to 72. Do we need to take them in 2021? Yes. Right now, uh, there's been no changes. That's actually probably one of the most common questions I've heard this year. Have they changed anything with that? With the last round of checks coming through, there was nothing that said no more RMDs this year. Stay tuned. We're with Randy Winkler, Manager of Financial Planning at Annex Wealth Management. He's also a CFP, and we're talking about common mistakes in retirement. Boy, this is a big one, underestimating the cost of health care. Yeah, that one was probably where I was the most surprised when I looked into our old numbers and our new numbers. I saw there was a study, and this was in 2019, so it's not even factoring in changes in 2020. It said that the average 65-year-old couple that was healthy could expect to be spending up to $387,000 on expenses. So that's, that's a lot of money, and that does not include long-term care. So if you factor long-term care on top of that, it's even a bigger number. There we're to the next one, which is not factoring long-term care into your plans. Yes, that's a big one, and I think this is going to become a bigger and bigger concern with our aging population. 70% of people age 65 are going to have a long-term care event. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to have long-term care insurance. Many, many do not have it, and that can be a, a very large chunk of change. It's not all of them, but these are common mistakes in retirement. Our last one for this segment would be not having a withdrawal strategy. That, again, is a big one, and that's something that me and my team were very passionate about, is to put together that distribution strategy. What does that phase of life look like? 
the accumulation phase, there are some bumps in the road there as well, but it's not as complicated as the distribution phase when you have to determine when do I take Social Security? When do I take Medicare? You know, how, how much can I withdraw from which account? Very important. Yeah, so getting all of those pieces together to work out the roadmap for your particular situation. And then when you factor in other aspects such as pension, how's your health? Are you planning for college for your kids or grandkids? There's a lot of moving parts that can factor in and knowing how it all works together, you need an expert. Need some guidance there. Your crew is central to that portfolio analysis. How often when you guys are going through somebody's portfolio, does something jump out and you say, oh, this is going to make a difference if they change it? Or, wow, I can't wait to tell the people this. Yeah. Well, it happens quite often. I mean, sometimes we see things like, wow, this is really good. They've done a fantastic job through that accumulation phase, but they don't handle the specialty of distribution. Uh, But very often we see things like they're taking way too much risk. They have an over-concentration in a certain position. For example, you're very excited about an individual stock like Apple or Tesla, and you had a great ride, but you don't know when to get out. You don't know what you're going to do about the taxes that you're going to have to pay. So it can get complex. It's good to have some guidance with a team of experts. But you and the crew have seen so many, sometimes these things just jump up and you're ready for more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love it. And we've got uh, beyond our team, we've got an extended team where if it gets beyond our level of experience, we bring in members of our investment team and estate planning team, tax team to uh, help with the things that, that we find. That's the brains and the heart behind Annex Wealth Management. Randy Winkler, Manager of Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management, talking about the common mistakes we see in retirement. Thank you for your time. Oh, thanks, Danny. It's always fun to be here. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. One team, one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, and that's the goal of this segment. Another opportunity to meet real-life clients of Annex Wealth Management that we work with for investment, retirement, estate, and tax planning. And in this conversation, you will be able to hear the difference. Let's say hello to Carol and Roger. Hello, Carol. Hi there. Hello. And hello, Roger. Good to meet you, Danny. Right at the top, some quick questions. Got to be official. You are clients of Annex Wealth Management. I am. Yes, I am. Annex is not providing any type of compensation for your time on this segment? Not a thing. None. And there's no conflicts of interest between you as a client and Annex as a firm? None. None. We enjoy speaking with clients about their retirement journey because what you share about your experience might help somebody who's on the way or in retirement. And I got to say... You must be really good at retirement by now. (laughs) You've been retired for 31 years. Yes, sir. What were you doing career-wise before then? I was in law enforcement in one of the bigger Midwestern cities. And you had a full career with them? Yes. Carol, how about you? I'm a registered dental hygienist, and I still have my license, so periodically I'm still working. Every once in a while I get back Mm -hmm. in the game. So how old were you when you retired? 53. What did you do at 53? Did you just kind of sit in the backyard or did you pick up something on the side? Negative. I went to work the very next day because I knew I had to stay busy. And I've been working every day since then. You told me you were on the SWAT team and a SWAT team is a high intense pressure job. You're on call all the time, right? Yes. But even at 53, you weren't ready to kind of pull that ripcord? 
At 53, I was ready to pull out. I had planned my retirement. I knew where I was going to go. I knew financially I could leave at that time because my pension was like 50% pay, and I knew I could find another job to make up the other 50%. Let's talk about that a little bit. Police work is very pension-oriented. Did you have a plan? Did you know exactly what you were doing as you were heading to retirement? Right. The city uh, that I was worked in, had a great pension plan, great health benefits, great benefits. So I enjoyed my 26 years, but after that, it was time to go. Any advice to somebody that you give who is in that retirement planning stage? Save. Plan for the future. My dad brought me up with budgeting, and I budgeted from probably 15 years old when my first job. Put this and this and this away for utilities and whatever might come up. So I did that. A lot of guys I worked with blew it all when they're still working. Roger, three decades ago, retirement planning was a completely different ball game. And because of your profession, pension base, were you working with a financial planner back then? No, I was not. It was just kind of put away in a 1% savings plan somewhere. And then as I got more knowledge, I thought, well, I better get an advisor because my portfolio was starting to build up and was not going where I wanted it to. These were the days before Annex Wealth Management. You worked with other companies? Yes. I was with a larger firm, and they kind of pushed me in the wrong direction. I only saw an advisor once in over 20 years. Mm. I had my money there. So when I got to meeting the people here at Annex, I decided to switch over and been pleased beyond words. Extremely, extremely (laughs) happy here. This is a leading question, but what is it about Annex Wealth Management? What drew you in? One of the probably off-base questions is, it's right down the street from our house, but I have heard about Annex. I listened to their program in the morning. Uh, There were some people in the media were at Annex, and I thought, well, if they're there, I can be there. And since I've been here, I couldn't be more pleased. My financial advisor and his assistant Mm. have led me straight forward all the way. I would never go anywhere else than Annex. Now, Carol, you said you were with a firm and you really spoke to them once in 20 once years? In all in 20 years. What's your relationship like with us? Oh, it's fabulous. Just a side note, we lost two children within six months oh. and a mother. And our advisor and his staff were there right away helping us all along. We would have been lost without them. And they had suggestions like crazy for us. I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to, oh. to do that. And they didn't miss a beat. They really didn't. And Roger had been here for many years before I switched over. And once we did, though, we get a call or we're in here, I think, once or twice a year with them. Or they call. They send us emails. You couldn't ask for better people. Did you miss us during COVID? No, we yeah. came in. <laughs> oh, you did? We did. Great. Nice. Yes. And they guided us into something oh. I had never thought of, and that was a will and a trust. I had never even thought about that. And my advisor said, said well, it's time you think about this with your, we have a blended family. because Both our spouses are gone. So we have to decide where our finances are going with our children. And we sat down with one of Annex's lawyers, and he led us right down the path, and we're extremely happy. Yeah, it really is nice that oh. we've got everybody here. They do. They're right here, and you call, and you're taken care of immediately. Somebody's on the brink of retirement. What do you kind of wish you might have known 20 or 30 years ago about retirement? Maybe not retirement planning, but about retirement. Danny, I really can't say. I've led a charmed life. Everything besides losing family has gone great. 
we're, we're way beyond the financial means that I ever thought we'd be, and I have to give it all to Annex. I agree, 100%. Carol and uh, Roger, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. When we do things like this, we want our, our radio audience to, to kind of hear the difference, and having you come in here and kind of share your experience, hopefully it's going to help some others. Thank you. I hope so, too. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Need help? Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Now, back to the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, November 28th. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Know the difference? It's one team, one plan, one fee. And when we talk about one team, Dave, we're talking about stacked teams on just about every level. Sometimes... I don't know if there's an F1 race going on this weekend, but it's almost like that pit stop, right? It pulls into the pit, and then everybody leaps over the wall and kind of works on it. It, Kind of sort of like that. That is, and that's what we have here. I mean, we really put together a phenomenal team with our estate planning lawyers, our CPAs, our CFPs, PhDs. I mean, really a great team, and we're really happy that when people come in, they get access to that. And thanks for setting that up. You know, I was thinking about this at the beginning of the show, Derek, a fact that we talked about peak bottleneck and then, of course, peak peak inflation. One of the big core parts of inflation, of course, is energy and oil prices. This week, we saw that Biden uh, announced that he will release 50 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That was a coordinated release from around the world. Right. India participated. Japan participated. It's it's more or less a short-term fix, but it does demonstrate the fact that the Biden administration is getting concerned about inflation because every $1 increase in the price of gasoline is a huge tax increase on consumers. So when energy is one of those sectors, though, that uh, we're starting to see has done very, very well. But over this last week, it started to give some of that back. So when you think about the sectors, there's really 11 sectors in the S&P 500. And we're watching where money is going. And at this time of the year, we're seeing some retail is getting a lot of attention as well. Well, Yeah, retail's been all over the map. It really depended upon how you handled supply chain bottlenecks and the ability to get merchandise. So Kohl's had reported a great quarter, as did Macy's. but Nordstrom and the Gap really had horrendous cores. In fact, Nordstrom was down 30% at one point on uh, on Wednesday, and that's you know that's just a huge hit. Um, and retailers are generally speaking doing better, uh, but the margins that they're facing, you know, some people or some of them are not able to pass along the cost increases. So they're having to discount merchandise. The one wild card this season, I think, will be gift card sales, right? Because a lot of people are doing that. They've been told that they might not be able to get stuff, and it's a lot easier to buy a gift card is to shop a depleted inventory in a store. Uh, so we'll see how holiday sales go. But given the numbers that we saw in the middle of the week, it seems like the consumer is in pretty good shape. Yeah, they're in good shape. And when they, and you print so much money and the money's out in people's hands, they are generally going to spend it. And of course, you know, Tina is still in place. There is no alternative to equities and real estate. And people will continue. The last sector I do want to cover is what was happening in the EV market. We saw Rivian start to 
give back some of their gains. Right. Rivian at one point was valued at more than Ford and General Motors put together, having delivered only 156 cars. But that stock has pulled back. It's down about a third from its highs. And again, I want to caution people at IPOs. When they initially come public, there aren't that many shares available to, to trade. So a large buyer can basically soak up all the supply, and that causes prices to go up. But that does not necessarily mean the company is really worth that much because of all those shares that, that are actually out there were able to be traded. That would increase the supply dramatically and put downward pressure on prices. And by the way, Ford uh, had said that they were going to have a relationship, and they kind of backed away from that. And that is the re- one of the reasons I think you saw some of the air come out of the bubble. Folks, if you're listening to this and you're going through your portfolio, there's different sectors. There's not only the S&P 500 sectors. There's obviously an opportunity to invest in mid-cap and small-cap, which has garnered a lot of attention. There's domestic and there's international. We're watching, of course, what is happening with COVID cases, particularly in places like Germany. And, of course, there's fixed income. And I just want to cover that here in the last minute or so, Derek. There's places to go in the fixed income market because there's still people that have exposure, 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever it is. There's opportunities still in the fixed income market. Uh, There are. The spreads are tight. So when you think about fixed income, you think of treasuries kind of as the risk-free element. And then other types of securities have more risk entailed entailed in them, which therefore means they typically get a higher interest rate. And right now, the spreads between uh, corporate bonds and treasuries are very tight. But the spread between bank loans and treasuries is actually relatively wide. Bank loans have very little interest rate risk. They do have default risk in the sense that they're mostly issued by financial institutions. So if you believe the U.S. economy is going to be in good shape, they ought to hold up better than treasuries and offer a higher yield. Good. Thanks, Derek. And I invite you to uh, reach out to us. Uh, I will meet you with you or one member of our team will meet with you and we'll walk you through all of the great stuff that we're doing. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. See you in a week on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.